Thank you, Brother Marshall. I was talking to a preacher friend of mine today, and I was telling him about Brother Marshall, and one thing I've noticed since I've been here about Brother Marshall is he has a good pulse on just allowing the Spirit of the Lord just to move, amen, and, and I understand that uh, he has a schedule, but he's not going to let the schedule interfere with the Spirit of God moving, and I appreciate a, a preacher like that, and I'm thankful for that. Boy, hasn't the, the Rochesters and the Wolfram family been a blessing this week, amen, and I appreciate the good congregational singing from uh, Brother Stevens, and then uh, the choir has been absolutely amazing, amen, and been a blessing to me. I don't know where that choir director gets his moves, but I want to find out that, amen. I might take Nikita out on a date if I could find some moves like that, amen. But anyway, I, no, I'm just, I, appreciate the, I appreciate a choir that's alive and well, amen, and appreciate the good spirit of the Lord. I want you to turn your Bibles tonight to the Old Testament book of Lamentations, Lamentations in chapter number 3, Lamentations in chapter number 3, I appreciate and I, I don't even need to start calling names, but I, I know the Baileys and Miss Marshall and I know others uh, behind the scene heroes that uh, work to put on a meeting like this and I appreciate uh, all your hard work and all your effort uh, to just uh, just uh, Make not, not only make people feel welcome, but also just feed them a good meal. There hasn't been one thing on my plate that I haven't liked, amen. I think I ate a little bit of styrofoam off my plate today, amen. I appreciate everything. So I appreciate the good meals at uh, the Marshall's house. And we've just, we've just enjoyed ourselves thus far. We thank you for the privilege and the honor to be able to be here this week. Lamentations chapter number 3, as we stand, let's take reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Lamentations in chapter number 3, I'm going to read verses number 40 through verse number 42, and then I'm going to ask Brother Wolfram Sr. if he'll open us up in prayer tonight, please, sir. Lamentations chapter 3, verse number 40 through 42. The Bible says, let us search and try our ways. And turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. We have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. Brother Wolfram. The book of Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah often called by many the weeping prophet. And in this small book, Jeremiah is lamenting the judgment that has come upon his homeland of Jerusalem and Judah. For 40 years, this prophet preached to his backslidden nation just for them to give a deaf ear to his message. For 40 years, this Jeremiah had no converts, no congregation, none committed for the cause of Christ. 
Jeremiah suffered much persecution by his own countrymen for preaching the truth. Yet through it all, Jeremiah remained faithful. Jeremiah's name means exalted of the Lord or established by the Lord. Jeremiah was the son of Hilkiah. He was the son of a priest. Jeremiah was of the tribe of Levi, which furnished all the priests. Jeremiah started his ministry in the 13th year of Josiah and ministered during the rest of the reign of Josiah and also during the reigns of Josiah's two sons, Jehoiakim and Zedekiah. The Bible says about Jeremiah, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And that verse alone condemns uh, the murder of an innocent child and champions the sanctity of life because God knows us even in our mother's womb. You'll find that Jeremiah's, uh, Jeremiah uh, was called before his ministry began. The Bible says, Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah had a free will to fulfill God's call, just like sinful man has a free will to accept the salvation of the Lord. And not only did Jeremiah fulfill God's call, but he remained faithful even through all the opposition and the persecution that he endured. Jeremiah not only would prophesy that judgment would come to Jerusalem and Judah, but he even went through some of that judgment himself for a time. And Jeremiah looked at the backslidden nation and he was heartbroken and he was burdened for the people to turn back to God. Jeremiah said they went whoring after other gods. The root word to lamentations is lament. It means expressions of sorrow. It means cries of grief. It means to mourn. Can I say just like Jeremiah's day and the chosen people of God were under the judgment of God, I believe tonight with all my heart, that America is under the judgment of the strong hand of God tonight because we serve a God that does not sweep sin under the rug. And you'll find that Jeremiah is weeping over God's chosen people. The very people that saw the red part of the Red Sea part and the bitter waters turn sweet, now they're bowing down to false prophets and false pagan gods made by hand. And Jeremiah is pleading with them to get right with God and to repent. Can I say America is in the same shape tonight and go in the same direction as the chosen people of God in Jeremiah's day? You say, Brother Dallas, America's not bowing down to false gods. And uh, uh, I, be, I beg to differ with you, my friend. It may not be a false god like Ashtaroth, or, uh, but we bow down to the god of money and income and careers. And, and I'm not against a man working. A man should work. And if a man doesn't work and provide for his family, he's worse than an infidel. But don't try to gain the whole world and lose your family and lose your soul in the, in the process. Can I say tonight, Little League Baseball 
filled are filled on Sundays and Wednesdays. And Boy Scouts and Sally's dance recitals and fishing at the lake when church is going on. And can I say tonight, I'm not against most of those things, but as long as they don't take precedence over God and the things of God. And can I ask you tonight, those of us that are saved by the grace of God, aren't you glad that you weren't on the ball field or on the fishing lake when the Holy Spirit brought conviction upon your heart and saved you by the grace of God? Can I say America bows down to that little square box that sits in the middle of the living room in most homes and lets Hollywood babysit their children and influence their family as they promote their agenda. Can I say tonight, the strong hand of God is continuing to get stronger in the days that we're living in here in America as those that sit in higher government they were making the decision who was what was essential and not essential, and the church was a part of the not essential crowd. And uh, uh, why why Jack Daniels and Jim Beam and Smirnoff were still being sold at the liquor store? Can I say tonight? God is angry with America tonight. He's angry with the wicked. And people have told me in recent days, Brother Dallas, I'm just ready for normality to come back to America. Can I say America doesn't need normality of yesterday. America needs revival. What do we expect in America? Do we expect for God just to sweep our sins under the rug and let judgment fall on other nations? but not upon the country that has good relations with his chosen people of Israel. Can we be reminded tonight, sin is still sin, and abomination is still abomination. And if God brought judgment upon his own people, he'll bring judgment upon our sin as a nation as well. And child of God, can we be reminded, God does not need America, but America sure needs God tonight. I believe God is angry with our nation and the strong hand of God is upon her as we continue to murder innocent children in the womb and even pass laws to murder a child minutes after it was born. Why should New York be surprised that they are a hot spot for the virus as they cheered in the Capitol building as a state to murder those innocent children just minutes after they were born? God is angry tonight because the queers and the lesbians and the drag queens of this land, that they've had more boldness in their stand and agenda than many men that stand behind pulpits like this in preaching the Word of God. Tonight, as a preacher of the Word of God, even with the tragedy of all that has gone on in recent days, those making the decision to cross our land, what is essential and non-essential, Let's not be surprised tonight, America, if the judgment of God and strong hand of God doesn't remain to press heavy upon America as we continue to sell liquor and foolish college students can get drunk and congregate to have their spring break as they have their drunken parties and they have their premarital sex and they have babies out of wedlock that they'll take to the slaughterhouse called Planned Parenthood in the first place. And I know I may not have as many diplomas on my walls as the ones who declare what is essential and not essential across our land. But I stand tonight as a preacher of the Word of God 
that stands on the authority of the Word of God and I look those straight to the face and say one day they'll stand before a holy God of heaven one of these days. Can I say in our own state of Kentucky, I respect the office of the governor, but I disrespect and disagree with the fact that one month after being voted into office, he was posing with a bunch of men dressed as drag queens, an abomination to God. When America is more concerned about saving the whales and finding misplaced dogs and cats a home than we are protecting the sanctity of life, we're in desperate need of revival. When I was in school, a young person was made fun of. If they were still pure and innocent while they were a senior in high school, now they're made fun of, Brother Rodriguez, if they haven't experienced some type of homosexual act. I said all that to say this. We can point our finger at the way America is all that we want to. And the psalmist even asked the question, Why do the heathen rage? I'll tell you why they rage, because they're heathen. And it's not the heathen that will get the ear and the heart of God to send revival to our nation. It's those of us that are saved and as God's children that will cause God to heal our land. The Bible still says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Can I tell you, my friend, I still love America. I still love putting my hand over my heart and saluting the flag. Thank God for our nation, my child of God. If America is going to be spared, if we're going to see revival, it's going to happen right here at God's house. Amen. Back to the book of Lamentations tonight. It comes from the root word lament. It means expressions of sorrows, cries of grief or mourning. For 40 years, Jeremiah pleaded. He begged. He lamented for revival for his people to come back to God. Again, he had no backing from his brethren. He had no one on earth to share his burden with with him. God pretty much had told Jeremiah the people would not get right with God during his day. But that did not stop Jeremiah to faithfully beg God to send revival to his nation. And I don't know tonight if God will send revival to America. I believe that God can send revival for America. But can I tell you, my friend, as long as there's oxygen in my veins and my heart is still beating, I'm still going to beg, I'm still going to plead, I'm still going to mourn for God to send revival to this nation. Back to Lamentations chapter 3. Let's look at a few things tonight. Jeremiah said in verses number 40 through 42, Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. We have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. For the next few minutes I want to preach this to every single one of us that sit in this room. Will we mourn for revival? Will we lament for revival? 
We beg God to send revival. Can I say first of all tonight, in order for us to have a revival individually, there has to be a recognition of the need. Look at Lamentations 3, look at verse number 40. Jeremiah said, let us search and try our ways. One preacher said this. He said in revival, God is not nearly concerned about filling empty churches as he's concerned about filling empty hearts. And when revival does not come, or we personally do not experience revival in our own lives, it's not God's fault that we're not experiencing revival. It's our fault. And we have to take a spiritual analysis of ourselves and see what we have wrong in our lives. And our addiction outreach back at home, the ones that we can help, or those that recognize they have a problem. It's those where mom and dad call and ask us to help their young, their kids that we cannot help because mom and dad and everybody else in their life sees the problem, but the addict themselves does not see they have a problem. You and I cannot go forward for God. We cannot get out of the spiritual rut that we're in and experience re- revival, that renewed relationship with the Holy Spirit of God until we recognize that we we have a problem and we don't have the revival in our lives like we used to. And I tell you, revival is more than just tucking a Bible under our arm and setting a few days aside on the calendar. One preacher said, redemption is when God finds us. Revival is when we find God. We have to ask ourselves tonight, what sin Do I need to confess and get right with God? Do other things in my life have more preeminence than God does? Am I too busy with the hustle and bustle of life that the only time I spend with God is when I'm in need of something? Can I ask you tonight, child of God, is the only time that you experience and you sense the presence of God in your life or when you are within the four walls of a church house, can I say you're missing out tonight if that's the case. The first step in the right direction of having our own personal revival is recognizing the fact that we're in need of revival. God desires for us to have and experience the victorious Christian life. God desires for us to have the revival fires burning in our soul and joy in our heart and zeal in our bones and enjoying the Christian life instead of enduring the Christian life. Child of God, when's the last time we came to church out of desire instead of out of duty? You remember when you had the closeness with God? And you wouldn't let one 24-hour period pass by where you wouldn't read His Word or you wouldn't bow in prayer. But now it's even a struggle for you to be at the house of God three three times a week. You remember when a tear would come to your eye? When you'd hear there is a fountain filled with blood or victory in Jesus? 
You remember when you'd come to the house of God with an open heart and an open mind, hungry for the word of God to be fed to you by the man of God. But now, you pay more attention to the time than you do in what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. You remember when you loved God so much and you wanted to be pleasing to Him in everything, you wouldn't dare let one cuss word come across the television set. You remember when revival wasn't just something that the church placed on the calendar for a few days in the spring or in the fall. You were in your own revival, in your own walk with God. Child of God, I ask us tonight, was there a time in your life where you were closer to God than you are tonight? The answer is yes. That's the first step in the right direction, understanding the recognition of the need for revival. The psalmist said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Nothing teaches us about the preciousness of the Creator as much as when we learn the emptiness of everything else. First of all, Jeremiah said there has to, he, he said in Lamentations, let me get there, Lamentations chapter number 3, he said, let us search and try our ways. And then look at number 2 tonight. Look at Lamentations 3, look at verse number 40. He says, let us search and try our ways. Not only does there need to be a recognition of the need, but then he says, and turn again to the Lord. Number two, if we're going to experience our own personal revival, there has to be a repentance of the negligence. The word repentance means the absolute and ultimate surrender to God with grief and sorrow. Repentance is to acknowledge God's righteousness is right and my sin is wrong. God is holy and I am holy. And His ultimate goal for every single one of us is to be in the image of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. J. Frank Norris said about that church in Fort Worth, Texas, he said the church will see revival when a few of God's people will thoroughly get right with a holy God. Vance Habner said this. He said real revival does not begin with joyous singing. It begins with conviction and repentance on the part of Christians. I'm talking about putting every, as the pastor said, putting every care to the side tonight. And I tell you, not being selfish, but I'm talking about taking an inner look into ourselves. Don't worry about your brother across the, the way from you or your sister on the back of pew tonight. Uh, just take an inner look at ourselves and ask ourselves tonight, what is it in our life tonight that the Holy Spirit that indwells within us has been convicting us for some time to get right. Could it be tonight 
The reason the only time you sense the presence of God in your life is when you're within the four walls of this church house is because there's something that you need to get right with the God that knows everything. Is there something in our life tonight that we need to repent of and get right with God? Are you tired of not having that new uh, Christian peace and joy and contentment and love towards God and the things of God? Child of God, try to have revival in our personal life and having sin in our life at the same time. It's, try to like, it's like trying to mix oil with water. It does not work tonight. Having revival, having sin in our lives at the same time are on two totally different spectrums. Those of us that are saved tonight, the very moment that we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit of God come and dwell within us. And now our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And it's a good day in the child of God's life when we come to the conclusion that the Holy Ghost just doesn't visit on Sundays and Wednesdays. He's there every second. He's there every minute. He's there every hour of every day. My wife and I have been going over to supper at the marshal's house. Think about it with me for a moment. If I was sitting at the dinner table and I asked to be excused to go to the restroom, and I walked down a hallway and a few minutes later they heard a loud crashing and a loud banging in the back room. They may would run, jump up and run to the back room and they would open up a door to a bedroom and I had a sledgehammer in my hand and I was about to knock a wall out in that bedroom. Miss Marshall would probably look at me and say, Brother Dallas, what are you doing? And I would just say, well, Miss Marshall, I don't like this wall in this bedroom. Miss Marshall would say, well, Brother Dallas, this is not your house. This is my house. How many tonight on the sound of my voice? The Holy Spirit of God has convicted you this week. What are you doing watching that? This is not your house. This is my house. What are you doing listening to that? This is not your house. This is my house. What are you doing looking at that filth on the internet? This is not your house. This is my house. And child of God that's got unconfessed sin tonight, you'll stand before a holy God one day and have to give an account for your sin preventing revival to break out in this church house tonight. And the Holy Ghost has been convicting you and convicting you and convicting you to get right. Can I tell you, there'll never be a revival individually or corporately tonight until first of all, not only do we understand there's a recognition of the need, but there needs to be a repentance of the negligence. I didn't grow up in the outdoors 
going camping or anything. I was in the Boy Scouts for about two weeks. And I quit after two weeks because they wouldn't give me a second helping of s'mores at the campfire. Amen. Brother Andrew, I remember going camping with the Boy Scouts while I was in that two-week realm there. We went out camping. We all set up our tents, and we were going to have a campfire. And there was a wind advisory, and we had to take some extra precautions because there was a wind advisory. For instance, there had to be two five-gallon buckets of water. When everybody would go to sleep, they had to totally put the fire out there at the campfire. But then, but then two, two Boy Scouts had to take shovels, and they had to shovel dirt after they put the water on the fire, and they totally had to smother the fire from the campfire. I got to thinking about that. Could it be tonight the reason you don't have the revival fires burning in your soul? Not just during the fall and the spring revival, but I'm talking about every single day of your life you can experience heaven sent Holy Ghost revival in your life. Could it be because you're shoveling the things of the world into your life and it's totally smothering that fire that God wants to produce in your life? Can I say tonight, child of God, it's about time we turn Hollywood off. It's about time tonight we quit being so much concerned about what Fox News reporters say and find out what God says about the matter. Can I tell you tonight, it's about time we quit scrolling and looking at things on the internet so much and find out what it is to fall on our face before God and get right with God and have that closeness with God that we once had in our lives. Can I say tonight, whether you voted for them or whether you didn't vote for them, I believe that we ought to respect the position of the President of the United States. I believe that with all my heart. Let's take us men here tonight. If a secretary from the White House were to call one of us men and wanted to set up a meeting with us at the White House later on this week with the President of the United States, we would accept that invitation and we would show up to that meeting with our shoes shined, our shirt pressed, our teeth brushed, a little cologne on, and we would show up to the early to that meeting. Can I say as much as I respect the position of the President of the United States that would want to set up a meeting with me? Can we be reminded there's one that has done far more for us and has done more for us than the President of the United States that wants to set up a meeting with us every single day, every single hour. And that's the God of heaven. He wants to walk with us and talk with us along life's narrow way. You understand revival for the individual is not nearly as complicated and difficult as God's people make it out to be. It's simply fulfilling God's purpose for us and that purpose for us is to draw nigh to Him, and He'll draw nigh to us. I'm in revival meetings every week of my life, as far as the calendar is concerned. But I don't experience revival fires in my life because I'm in a church's spring revival or fall revival or this summer revival. I have my own personal revival. 
Because I, as God's creation, spent time with my Creator this morning and every morning. And God walked with me and taught with me along life's narrow way. Child of God, there has to be a recognition of the need. There has to be a repentance of the negligence. And then look what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse number 41 and 42. He said, let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. We have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. Can I say third of all, if we're going to experience our own personal revival, and if enough experience their own personal revival, then it break out into the church and to our homes and to the community. Number three, not only does there need to be a recognition of the need, there has to be a repentance of the negligence. Number three, there has to be a response to the need. It's one thing to recognize the need and respond to the negligence, but then there has to be a response to that need. Many times Baptists, they would make better Catholics than they do productive Baptists. They'll recognize their need and they'll even come to the altar and confess that sin before God. But then they never put any action behind the thing which what, with that, which what they asked to get right. You understand salvation was the greatest miracle that ever happened in my life or your life. But you know how I got away from that dope crowd? I threw away their numbers. And I got some golly friend's phone number and I quit going to the bars and the honky-tonks and I started going to the house of God. And I made my mind up to the extent that I once lived for the devil is now to the extent I'm going to live for God. Sir, you want to quit listening to that worldly music? Throw that music away and start listening to the Rochesters or the Wolfram family and music that honors and glorifies God. You know how you become a faithful church member? Dedicate yourself to the house of God and don't let anything interfere with you being at the house of God. You know how you get rid of your bitterness? Confess it as sin to God. Leave it on this altar and decide you're not going to be bitter about it anymore. And let Satan rob you of the joy that God wants to give you. You know how you get your tears of joy back? And the excitement of the Christian life back? Do away with the things that have taken those tears and that joy. And replace them with the things that gave you the tears of the joy to begin with. It's very easy for us to point our finger and all of Americans say you're the reason that judgment has fallen upon this nation. But my Bible says let judgment begin at the house of God. Child of God, could it be your sin tonight that's preventing revival to come to your family? Could it be tonight that you're the one that is standing in the way 
of God just opening up the reservoir and let open up the windows of heaven and flooding our hearts and our souls with revival. There's no doubt America needs revival, but before revival breaks out in America, it's going to have to start someplace. Why not right here at Riverside Baptist Church where God starts the revival fires? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed all across the building.